there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Or is the doctor late? We'll find out. Trying to reach Dr. Vitar as we speak here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. we got some uh, upcoming events as well as upcoming guests. Those of you who have been concerned about our good friend, author of Official Stories, Liam Sheff. I've got him scheduled uh, for this, well, tomorrow, in fact. Uh, we'll get an update on his health, what's going on there. And our, our concerned prayers and, and all of that go with him. Is he struggling? But we'll talk about that with him tomorrow. Also, Wednesday, I mentioned, uh, of course, we go outside the box with uh, our buddy and, and Dr. Batar's buddy, Ty Bollinger. And we'll all be together in Dallas for the Truth About Cancer Ultimate Live Symposium. And that is going to be the 15th, uh, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, something, something there, mid-October, the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the biggest event ever of its kind. Nothing even comes close. And Mike Adams, the health ranger, will be there with us, as well as Super Don, who's got the night off because it is Labor Day, and he gets to hang out with his family, hopefully have a wonderful cookout and enjoy time there. So uh, right now it's just you and me, 866-939-BELL. If you'd like to be part of the show, 866-939-2355. You can call in and even leave a message when we are off the air, and that's okay, too. Now, one of the other guys coming up, a guest I've been trying to get since we first learned about him through our friends from Vaxxed, Polly Tommy, Del Bigtree, and Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Polly conducted an interview with the district attorney from San Antonio, Texas, Nico LaHood. This guy was, I mean, you want to talk about a posture when he was talking about vaccines can and do cause autism? This was spectacular, this interview. There's a guy watching this guy. I'm going, whoa, this could be the new worst nightmare for the bad guys who think that vaccine mandates are good and that there's science to support the efficacy and safety of vaccines, which there isn't. And so we were trying to reach out, reach out, reach out, and TMB came through. He found, found a way, and we got Nico the Hood scheduled for this coming hump day. Maybe the entire hour he'll spend with us. And you want, to, you want to ask questions, you want to make comments. I mean, you think about this. For many years, it's been, you know, lone parents in the wilderness, screaming out, crying. Something happened after my child got their, you know, six-month shots, their 18-month shots, whatever it was, and they started reversing, reverting. Nope, Batar, Batar not here yet. I know those of you who want to uh, talk with Batar, as well as me, the the good doc, but he's not here yet. We're working on it. But when you, and many of you have been at this for, for a long time, and before the movie Vax came out even, and before even before that, it seemed like, you know, if you you went to an Autism One conference and you found, oh, my gosh, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only family that's been through this or that is going through this. And we would get together every year and we would connect. And, you know, you'd feel a little better, even though it was pretty difficult. And that's an understatement to see. And, hey, um, Patrick, give uh, Dr. Batar a call. He just messaged me, says he's he's available. It should work. 
but you couldn't you, you couldn't speak out to anybody other than when you were together with other families that experienced this because everybody else would say you're you're crazy, it's not real. The doctors say there's no issue there, but little by little, one by one, unfortunately, with more damage done, more and more families are talking. Even Donald Trump, running for president, acknowledges the dangers of vaccines and the dangers resulting in vaccine injury, including autism. And so we've entered a different realm, a different time now, because a guy like the district attorney for the city, San Antonio, a major U.S. city, has gone on the record to say, yep, this happened to my kid. And he's standing there, sitting there with his wife, talking about it. Dr. Batar, I don't know if you've seen this video yet, but this guy, Nico LaHood, he can't wait to meet you when we're all together in Dallas. Well, I look forward to it. San Antonio is where I did actually my residency at Brook Army Medical Center at uh, Fort Sam Houston. So I have an affinity for San Antonio anyway, and I don't think it's a coincidence that this guy's from San Antonio. No, this guy was a defense attorney for many years, and then he got uh, elected to be the district attorney. So from uh, defense to prosecution, he's seen both sides. Uh, he appears to be, to me, a man of high integrity, a man of faith, really believes in doing the right thing, and he hates deception. He says he hates deception. And when he saw the movie Vaxxed, and then he met with Dr. Wakefield, Polly Tommy, Del Bigtree, he went on the record and said, you know what, if I was to prosecute this case, there's no way they could beat me, claiming that vaccines are safe and effective. They don't have the science on their side. Now they've got a district attorney, upstanding prosecutor. And it's looking, I don't say grim, but let me just say this, more and more people from all walks of life, doctors and lawyers and different things, because there's just too much damage that is out there now, Dr. Batar. I completely agree with you, Robert. I think that I think that it's uh, high time. I mean, but it's taken 20 years, more than 20 years. 1991, the National Vaccine Initiative began. So it's been 25 years uh, in the making that finally uh, this has come to culmination. But you know what? Um, it couldn't have come... It couldn't have come um, soon enough, and yet everything happens at its mm-hmm. own time accord when it's supposed to happen. So um, I'm glad that more and more people are becoming aware, and, and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a couple of these people in, in high uh, standing in, within the judicial system for them to be personally um, given a kick in the rear end. Yes. That's I'm going to ask him some, some questions, Dr. Batar, from a prosecutor perspective. Can they go after doctors for not, uh, you know, I know they're protected and shielded by the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, that act that, that kind of shielded the, the makers and the doctors, but could there be issues when they're not providing full informed consent or if they're outright fraudulently presenting these things in a way? I'm just, I've got some interesting questions for yeah, this guy. That, I'm looking forward to but that's the wrong question to ask, Robert, um, because it's almost like going after the person on the street that's pushing drugs. That's not where the problem lies. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at the at a solution to the end of the means. They know that if somebody doesn't, if they don't sell the drugs, somebody else is going to somebody sell the else drugs. will. You You're right. The They'll find somebody else. It's true. It's fascinating yeah, what's happening, go, though. You you got to find the source of the drugs. You got to find the people, the big cheese up on top that's making the you know hundreds of millions of dollars pushing the drugs. That's what you have to do here. You know, no pun intended when I'm talking about drugs. I'm not just talking illicit drugs. I'm talking the mm-hmm. same thing here. To yes. go after the doctors is the wrong answer. They're stupid, okay? They, there's, <laughs> no, there's no defense for stupidity or for being, for being apathetic or, or, 
or saying, well, everybody else is doing it, or I didn't know any better, or I was told, I said, that's, that's fine, but that's not what's going to solve the problem. The, the, where, where you want to strike the beast is not in their toe and the tip of the tail. You want to strike them in the heart. And if you're going to strike them in the heart, then you have to go beyond the doctor. You have to find mm-hmm. the real source. And that's where you start getting into the CDC. You get into the, right. um, you know, the, the, the governmental uh, cover-ups. The well, doc, Dr. Batari, yesterday I was so ticked off, you would have loved me. I was just just fired up and angry over the CDC. I, I love you anyway, Robert. Okay, well, thank you. That's very kind of you. <laughs> I was like, just, I was like, dude, I'm supposed to, it's a weekend, it's a holiday weekend, I should be kicking back, relaxing, but I'm, I'm fired up because the CDC raised a trial balloon about, you know, basically they have, they're claiming the powers to, to grab you off the street, quarantine, all they have to do is suspect that you have a cough or have been around someone with a cough. I mean, it was an amazing thing. But then I stepped back from that even and I said, you know what? I'm really not even ticked off at the CDC right now. I'm ticked off at the sheeple of America for putting up with this, for, for being willing to just believe authoritarians in government and in medicine. That, and, and yet at the same time, we could give them a break because, okay, they're not doctors, but at the same time, we got a gut instinct that has been just decimated that I want to get back to. They feel there's something wrong, but they're still too scared to stand up. Not everybody I know, the listeners here, those that love advanced medicine, have listened to Dr. Batar and I speak for many years, you're with us. But our neighbors, our family members, they're still in the matrix. Well, that's true, um, but it just takes one to stand up, and then more will follow. And we've got a lot more than just one standing up, so we're well on the way. It's kind of like that movie, A Bug's Life. You remember yes. that when the grasshoppers yeah. skipped? It only took one, and when, when, when one stood up and the second one stood up, and then the cascade began. And mm-hmm. the hardest part is the beginning, but that beginning has started. It started years ago, and uh, so I think now we're starting to see more and more people standing up and so it's all good, and it's, you know, it's amazing how the universe works because everything happens at the precise time when it should. Even though we want it to happen sooner or later or whenever, the timing eventually, when in retrospect we look at it, was perfect, and it, was, it happened exactly when it was supposed to happen, the way it was supposed to happen. Yeah, and it's hard when we look back, and, and you know, you've been through it with your own child and, and worked to reverse the damage and the injury. And as I mentioned, Nico LaHood, and I don't know if you've seen his interview yet. If you haven't, I want to send you the link so you can watch it uh, before next week uh, and, and see that he has a child who's been injured, and he's six years old. And he's saying, you know, I want, he told me this. He said, I want to meet that Dr. Batar. I like his energy. I, and I knew that he, he would see it because you guys are twins in that sense because he's willing to stand up against bullies, against people that deceive you and do these things. And so, uh, you know, I said, yes, there is hope for your children and your child in particular. And he was really ready now to, to reach out because he's opened up to a whole new world. Well, we'll, we'll help everyone we can, Robert. You know that your, your uh, unstated Mission Oath, uh, as is mine, is that we'll help anybody that wants to help and that who asks for it. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is an interesting story that just came out. I thought our friend Jeffrey Jackson put it out, but it's been uh, published around the world in different uh, newspapers, and it's about chemotherapy. We have about a minute before break, but at least we could start here. The headline reads, Landmark Studies Shows Half of Cancer Patients Are Killed by Chemo, Not Cancer. Is this validation, a moment of, duh, what do we say at this point, that it comes out in a major research paper published via peer review? It's a blessing, Robert. It's a blessing. And you remember when I, when you sent me the link a couple of hours ago, I said, that's awesome. And then I said, well, you know what I mean. It's not awesome that this is right. true. It's awesome that somebody's finally come out and published it, something 
um, this profound coming from such a renowned university such as, uh, you know, or at least from Lancet, such a, such a well-known and well-respected journal. So, yeah, yes, it's, it's high time and it's great that it's happened. All right, we're going to talk more about this as we uh, really underway in earnest here with Dr. Bittar, Advanced Medicine, each and every week right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com. You can find out about Dr. Bittar at drbuttar.com, drbittar.com, and his international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. Back after this. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. Totally pumped to see Dr. Batar in action, speaking out at the Truth About Cancer Ultimate Life Symposium, middle of October, Dallas, Texas, and connecting him with uh, Nico LaHood and many more. And you're going to be there, too. So we got that going on. Also, the big thing out of Lancet, a uh, study that's saying half of all cancer patients are killed by chemo, not cancer. So those of you folks out there, if there are any of you left that said, oh, you guys were just making that up because you don't like chemo. <laughs> no, uh, this is a real thing. And now that's, it's that's even... That's only partially true. Yes. We, we're not making it up, but we don't like chemo. Yeah, okay. We, that, that's half true. Exactly. So what, what do you, are they going to shut down this, this medical journal? I mean, th- this is a stunning admission, even though, again, we've known it. We've been observing it, reporting on it for years. But to make it into that level, it's like, whoa, what is going on here? Well, you know, it's interesting, Robert. Isn't Lancet the same journal that uh, Wakefield published it and then they uh, rescinded the study? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And yeah, so in the, it's, it's like you can go right to the Lancet. I don't know if you have access to it, but you can read it. It's like uh, just uh, things are changing. And I know on some level this earth is a place where everybody gets to learn all kinds of stuff, even some really horrible bad stuff. Uh, so I'm not under the illusion that suddenly tomorrow uh, there's not going to be any bad or evil stuff happening. But at the same time, consciousness shift is real. And there are ebbs and flows throughout history where the people become awake and then they go back to sleep. And I feel like we're in a place where people are becoming awake. Without a doubt. There's no doubt about that. They're definitely becoming more awake, more aware. And once that process starts, the beautiful thing is it can't stop. It's a, it's It's like water flowing downhill. It's not going to stop. So... It's happening. It's now just a matter of time. So it's not if it's going to happen, it's just when is it going to happen, and it's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, the thing is, it doesn't take a peer-reviewed literature to convince us or dissuade us necessarily that we, what we see with our own eyes, what we've experienced or the patients that have come to you after having been poisoned and how difficult it is to not only address the initial cancer, which would have been simple comparatively, but now you've got to undo all the toxic poisons added in. So, again, now we have an acknowledgement by that industry that what they are doing is killing at least half of the people that they're doing it to. It's actually, from my perspective, Robert, it's actually something different. It's actually um, a measurement of where we are in the journey. It's actually an indication of how effective our message is, that when a mainstream journal picks it up and publishes something this devastating to the opposition, whereas they are part, we we would think that they are part of the the opposition anyway, Mm -hmm. then you start realizing that the conversion is taking place. So it's a measurement of the effectiveness of our message. It's a measurement of how the sheeple are changing into being non-sheeple. What's the counter? What's the uh, uh, opposite of sheeple? 
Well, I'd like to say people, <laughs> you know, yeah. but the awakened ones, I guess you could say, the conscious ones, the ones that actually aren't uh, uh, bowing to authoritarians that really don't know what they're doing other than what they're told to do. Well, I see people as the midline, people as the ones that get hurted, and the ones that are proactive is what I was hoping to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, awa- the awakened people. ones, in a sense. The, right, okay, so regardless, it's a measurement of how the the uh, the ones that are more evolved are um, their messages getting out there, and the people that haven't uh, gotten to that point yet are starting to see the light and are starting to go through their evolutionary process, and the whole system is starting to shift. So that's what that measurement. Uh, that's what it is for me. It's a measurement of how effective our messages and how the the world is beginning to change. And so you know, it's proof positive. It's it's like looking at a calculation or looking at a at a uh, recipe or looking at inside the oven and seeing how far is the oven has a has a cake rise and it's starting to rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and at this point, uh, unless they just you know, what are they going to do? Go out and kill everybody? And some people go, oh yeah, they'll they'll do that. It's like you know what, <laughs> they can't get everybody. And the reality is, once you start standing up, these people that are doing this and delivering these dirty deeds are cowards at heart, and they will run and they will hide. Because the pitchforks are going to come out. There are enough parents now that are royally ticked off, and rightfully so. And so if this continues, once they've been made conscious and aware of it, then suddenly now it becomes an inviol- uh, you know, a, a violation of extraordinary uh, levels. Well, you've heard me say, you know, years ago, even before we started doing the show together, which was, what, it's been six years now, I guess? Um, yep. I'm not sure how long we've been in the show, but even back then, we talked about all the time that it's... It, it, potential of the potential is to cause a revolution the next revolution yep. the civil war people really find out about it yep and uh, we're on the verge which way is it going to go folks uh, we're here talking about it advanced medicine with dr rasha bitar check out the links are up in the show notes robertscottbell.com and we've got lots more healing to go so stick with us we'll be right back you're listening to the robert scott bell show the robert scott bell show Information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, you can join Ty Bollinger and I and Dr. Jimenez uh, this week in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's September 11th, a big event, Cancer Prevention Convention. Unfortunately, Dr. Batar can't make it to that one, but he's going to be with us in Dallas mid-October at the Truth About Cancer Ultimate Live Symposium. Um, Ty says there's like only a, like a few dozen seats left. I think they, they have a total sales of like 1500. So they're down to less than a hundred seats left. I don't know, maybe less than 50. So it's pretty, it's going to be a stunning big group, Dr. Batar. Yeah. I, I thought they said that they, I, I was under the impression they had already 2000 seats sold. So I guess maybe I was wrong. Maybe I think, you know, fine. what he, what he talked to me about is like, they've got some seats. If somebody's really requesting, they're kind of holdover seats. Just in case. So I'm saying if somebody really needs to be there, you got to reach out and say, please let me get a ticket, basically, at this point. so uh, But it's going to be amazing. I mean, like I said, the folks that are coming are, are just very, very excited to connect with you as well. Uh, we were, you know, we were talking about the 50% chemo kill rate, right? 
Uh, it's not cancer, it's chemo killing. And we're talking about the transformation of consciousness, the awakening, the the pitchfork moment, right? Because I got on my fellow Americans this uh, yesterday's broadcast because I was just getting, just how are we putting up with this, right? And, you know, there's there's stages in awakening. They're not. It's not all at once, typically, even though sometimes you look back in history and go, wow, that happened fast. Right, that's true. Um, but the But you know that the universal truths, they always go through those three phases, and we're, if you look at those three phases, uh, we can see that we're in that final phase because the first phase is ridicule. You know, they just they laugh at you and they make fun of you. They call you quack. They call you this, that, whatever. The second phase is violent opposition, and that's been going on. That's where the um, I think that culminated a couple like a year ago when with all the deaths of these different doctors. You know, whether it was or not, we don't know how they occurred, but. That violent opposition going after doctors, you know, losing their medical licenses, um, creating a character assassinations, all that kind of stuff. And then the third phase, as you know, is of the of all truths that they go through. All all truths go through these three universal phases. So the first one is ridicule. Second one is violent opposition. Third one is accepting it as always having been known to be fact that they become part of the solution. All of a sudden, they're like, "Well, we knew that. We knew that. That's why we're involved with it." And I think that's where we're about to get to. I think now with like with the, the the legal profession getting involved, there's more and more attorneys. I've had a couple of attorneys whose children have been vaccine injured, and they've told me they're going to do this, they're going to do that. They're they're not going to sit by the wayside. Um, our friend uh, Dr. Hooker and some of the things that he's been working on, and some of the mm-hmm. components that that have been kind of kept hush hush right now. There's a lot of other things that are going on, and when when it pops, I believe that the mainstream answer is going to be they've always known this and there'll be a fall guy here and a fall guy there the sacrificial lambs that will take the you know the brunt of the force of everybody else mm-hmm. and um but the, the the mainstream will go on saying that it's just like they've always known it it's just like uh seminal wise right with the hand washing they ostracized them and basically died beaten in an insane asylum but today everybody recognizes that you got to wash your hands you got to go through the aseptic technique before you do any kind of surgical procedure Nobody remembers Semmelweis. Very few people remember who he was, but um, and, and all the all the uh, atrocities he had to deal with. But today, it's accepted that that was always something. Everybody knew that there's a thing such as bacteria, even though this is before the time of Lunar, before bacteria was discovered. So my point is, I think we are now in that third final phase of all that all comes to. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, we, we look at things like uh, a news report here. I, I think I mentioned it the other day, but I wanted to get your take on it, too. It was about the dengue fever, right? People aren't really freaking out about Zika as much as they want. And, of course, dengue is carried supposedly by the same darn mosquitoes. Darn those mosquitoes, once again. And yet, uh, you know, CNN hosts an article saying, you know what? The dengue vaccine may be worse than not having a dengue vaccine. And their explanation here was that, you know, the first time you get a dengue infection, it's mild. The second time, it's brutal, right? So if they give it to people who have not been exposed to dengue, and then they get exposed to dengue, they're saying it could be devastating to them. What an acknowledgement. That's stuff I, I didn't normally see in the mainstream media. Yeah, and I guess that's an example of what we were talking about, the three phases of truth, right? They're kind of now accepting it as as uh, always having been known, and I mean, that's not, not, nothing new to you or me. And if you look at that, that what they've just described is actually common with all vaccines, and it's common with the entire, uh, you know, pretty, pretty much with any of the conventional treatments. When you do some of this stuff, you're going to actually predispose the individual to becoming more susceptible to the problem that they're 
theoretically uh, trying to prevent them from getting. So any vaccine, whether it's whooping cough or, um, you know, the mumps, um, influenza, rubella, whatever, whichever vaccine you want to look at, mm-hmm. hepatitis, all of them we know have adjuvants in there. All of them have these toxic preservatives in there. All of them have, like, the mercury, the thimerosal, the, the um, nickel, the aluminum, all these, the formaldehyde, all these things that are not conducive to the immune system. So you give anybody something like this under the pretense of stimulating the immune system, but you're really rendering the immune system more um, well, more vulnerable and damaging it. Yeah. And so the actual offending substance, whatever that infectious process may be, is actually going to become more damaging, potentially because now you've lessened the immune response. You've actually weakened the immune response. So this is nothing new, and it's not unique to the dengue or to the Zika. It doesn't matter what it is. It's any, any vaccine, this is going to be true for. Sure, and think about the, the easiest example for folks to understand. Chicken pox, right? Get the chicken yeah. pox done, get it early, you're fine. You very rarely are dealing with shingles. Now, what they're seeing is that those who are getting the chicken pox vaccine are getting a devastating form of a chicken pox manifestation. Even in childhood, they're getting shingles, which never used to happen in kids. Because the vaccine has basically violated the natural way we would interact with it and develop a strengthened immune system as opposed to a weakened one. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's a perfect example. And so, you know, th- these types of scenarios, this is, this is, I think, evidence of what I was alluding to, that third phase of truth. And slowly we're going to start seeing this thing where the Lancet is publishing chemo is killing half the people, not the cancer. The, you know, the, va- the vaccines are actually causing... Um, uh, some of the response to some of these vaccines can actually create more of an issue like this journal that you're talking about or the newspaper article that they that you just discussed. And I think these mm-hmm. are small little idbits proving exactly that point that we are starting to enter that third phase of truth, which is them accepting it as always having been known. And right, um, right. It, it goes back, and historically you can go back, you know, thousands of years, and you can see how history repeats itself. Right. And if we go back to self-evident, we go back to ancestry, and we talk about, well, how did they drink milk before, right? Came out of the cow or came out of the goat. Did they boil it instantly to kill the stuff that was in it? No, they drank it raw. And here's another study. This is a European study vindicating raw milk. Not that we needed it vindicated, but evidently there are people that are slow to the, the uptake on this. That they're talking about raw milk, uh, you know, reducing risk of numerous infections, reversing them. No, see, Robert, li- listen to this. I mean, it's so funny because we didn't. I mean, how much time did we prepare for this for this uh, show today? Ooh, less. It, we 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 prepared in in negative minutes. <laughs> That's how much. Normally, normally, normally we got about thirty seconds, and this time we were like, we didn't even have about thirty seconds. We were like five <laughs> minutes, six minutes because I couldn't I couldn't get in the line. So this is a beautiful. Thing that we're that we're witnessing here again how we talked about the universal truth and here's three studies everything we've talked about is mainstream coming on board acknowledging things that we've talked about and and they're all major things raw milk's a major thing vaccines are a major thing and and chemo is a major thing i mean this has been the uh, basically i'd say this is about 95 percent of what we've talked probably 90 percent of what we've talked about over the last six years seven years however long we've been on the air now right uh, together and, and it's, again, showing how mainstream is coming on. So we are entering that third phase. So it, it's, you know, it's, it's all good. So n- next week, Dr. Batar and I will be talking sports. Yeah. 
<laughs> switching it up, either that or UFOs. I'm not sure which, but for now. I, think, I like the idea of the UFOs. You do? Okay, yeah, we'd have fun talking yeah. about that, right? No problem. Actually, you know what? I should have sent you this as something that we should have covered because there was an article that came out when mm-hmm. they received a signal. Do you hear? Do you read that story? They received a signal that was from um, a system that is, I don't remember, like 93 million light years away or something. Right. And they said it's too strong to be um, artifact, and they feel that it has, and this is a number of different uh, astronomers that have said that they feel that this is evidence of um, intelligent Intent? life. Greater Intent. than great, yeah. yeah, more intelligent than human life, which I said, I'm thinking, like, well, <laughs> that's pretty much everything is more intelligent than human right. life. But yes, anyway. yes. But anyway, they said that um, they're not trying to see if they can reproduce it, because if they can reproduce it, then it's conclusive. But right now, there are some people that are saying, of course, you know, that it doesn't mean anything or that just happens to be artifact. But did you, you right. didn't read that story or do you have it? The, well, I heard about it. But the big question is, do they drink raw milk on Alpha Centauri? That, that's what we want to know. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure they probably have something even better than raw milk. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, ha- I'm uh, actually happy to talk about UFOs. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's good to know we can flex uh, as uh, more and more folks come to this uh, realization, things we've been talking about for years. Uh, my my good friend Jerry Doyle, God rest his soul, used to say, what are you going to do now? Because they kept coming out with scientific journals validating things I would tell him on the air. And it's like, ah, you know, listen, there's plenty of fun things to do without having to do this. I'm not worried, but I'm really happy uh, that this stuff is, is, is coming to the fore. And even, you know, from, something, Robert, it's, yeah. you know, so you talk about the stuff coming to the fore. I mean, this is really interesting. There's enough stuff to talk about and mm-hmm. didn't mean to cut you off, but it, mm-hmm. I had a, I had a person that came to one of the advanced medicine seminars and there was some commentary, somebody while we were sitting at lunch talked about, uh, other forms of intelligent life. And I'm, I happened to, you know, make a statement about it. And so this guy comes up to me and he says, he said, Dr. Tarr, you know, I've been a big fan of yours, but I can't believe you actually sat here and, and you believe that kind of crap about UFOs. I said, don't you think it's very pompous of us as human beings thinking that we're the most intelligent beings out there, that, that you know, everything revolves around us? This is, this is very much like before Copernicus when, when people used to think that the, uh, that the uh, universe uh, was sur- that basically revolved around the planet Earth, that the solar mm-hmm. system and the planets revolved around the planet Earth. You know, it was a very self-centered and very uh, arrogant um, place to be. And when you start opening up and start thinking and witnessing the beauty of things, I mean, you go d- deep down to the ocean, they've discovered just recently, they've discovered like five or six different species of fish that they never even knew existed. Right. And there's things out there all over. So Remember, they, so they, much we don't know yet. they found channels of, of lymphatic uh, system that they didn't know existed recently as well. You know, yeah, you may have, right. as you say, Dr. Bertard, you may have a big ego, but you're not so arrogant that you believe the whole universe travels around you. <laughs> and so we'll talk UFOs. We're not above and beyond that. Uh, anti-inflammatory drugs, could they be the way to treat depression? What is the relationship between inflammation and depression? Next. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. You know, one of the problems, and we've discussed many of them, of non-advanced medicine, right, allopathic medicine, is that they isolate, compartmentalize, deconstruct, and reduce reductionism, right? And they'll, they'll come up with a discovery like this. It's like, well, we, we stumbled onto a new cure for depression, right? We had somebody on ibuprofen, and suddenly they weren't as depressed. 
hmm, I wonder if depression is caused by inflammation. And then, of course, they might see a temporary benefit, Dr. Batar, but completely forget about the damage to the kidneys and the digestive system and the liver that these anti-inflammatory drugs have in the long run. And yet, yeah, we, I mean, wouldn't dis- you know, we wouldn't dispute inflammation as being problematic in this case, though. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. So we, we would not dispute that at all. The question would be, why go to the drug that's going to cause more side effects? You know, it's almost like the way to understand this would be, think about walking up a steep mountain, uh, which has no... Um, it's just all dirt, and it's the middle of a storm. You take one step forward, you slide three steps backwards. So to make this observation that anti-inflammatories may be uh, reducing depression, hey, let's start putting people on a drug that's going to uh, inhibit prostaglandins and then, of course, cause downstream, which they're not acknowledging, the problems with kidneys and, and potential ulcers, et cetera, et cetera. That's like walking up that mountain, taking one step forward, because the conclusion is um, inflammation is is maybe contributing or inflammation is possibly contim- uh, contributing to depression, but the two steps backwards is then putting them on a drug that's going to now cause an ulcer and cause a um, kidney function deterioration, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it makes more sense to say, hey, there's an there's a observation, and then let's look at a better way of doing it. But then, but then we're arguing, Robert, we're actually arguing um, about a, an, a group of people's mindset and belief mm-hmm. system is really what we're arguing. You know, we're, we're arguing but their, their lack of knowledge. And for us, an, an observation like that, we would go to the right, and for people that aren't aware, they may go to the left. So this is really a philosophical argument. It's not so much a, uh, a reductionist argument, I would say. Sure. And, and I think that, it, you know, I find it funny. They're like, well, look, two, two for one, right? We, we treated their rheumatism or, or arthritis with this anti-inflammatory, and now they're happy. Well, it couldn't be that they're happy because they're temporarily out of pain, could it? I mean, there are other factors that I would, you know, ask and say, could you think about this? And and you no, you bring true. and you bring up the kidney relationship, which is so important, you know. On these, you know, we've talked about these NSAIDs and and the ibuprofens and the damage that they do long term, then the impact on blood pressure, and you go on and on and on. It's like, wow, how could smart people be so stupid by proposing that they use a toxic drug for this? And see, I have no problem with using a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory for three days, five days, seven days. Sure. You cross short 10 term. days? Yeah, exactly, short term. And it's, it's uh, you know, it, one of the things that you and I have talked about this off there, and I've mentioned it a couple of times at advanced medicine seminars and possibly even on the air, but one of my secrets of getting people better is just by taking them off their drugs mm-hmm. in a judicious manner, looking at which ones we can take off and doing certain things beforehand to help alleviate the uh, negative uh, withdrawal effect, if if that were the case in some drugs, or or whatever other untowards uh, effect that they may experience. But the point is, the benefits that the patients experience, 30 days out, 60 days out, 90 days out, are simply because we took them off the drugs. One thing that the pharmaceutical industry never talks about, and most doctors never talk about, is how many people are put on medication and then are put on additional medication to negate the side effects of the first medication. And then the three additional medicines that have to be put on to negate the side effects of the second medication that was put on to negate the effects of the first medication. So the point is it cascades out. And what you're talking about is exactly that point. We don't talk about the side effects of the therapeutic that's being utilized for a certain condition. And here's a perfect example to justify the use of a a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory 
that's already been indiscriminately used. It's already over the counter. The people use it for chronic reasons, and now attributing another potential benefit um, to the cause, not to the solution, which is the drug that they're proposing, but the cause, which is the inflammation. Hey, if you can negate inflammation, then you can actually get a benefit, perhaps with depression. But like you said, hey, maybe they're not in pain; they're not depressed. Who the hell would be uh, depressed if they were if they weren't in pain? If, if somebody's in pain, everybody's in pain. I mean, yeah, exactly. Depressed when you're in pain. Exactly. And, you know, just giving people that easy. And, you know, we've talked about emotionally, the emotional part of healing, the emotional toxicity. Listening to someone can take them out of pain. It's that simple. You don't, you don't require a painkiller in those cases. All right, folks, we've done another advanced medicine seminar, if you will, on the air here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Batard, thanks so much. It was uh, terrific and guided from above. And for now, we have to tell them one thing, and I'm going to let them, I'll let you tell them. That the power to heal is unequivocally yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.